Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to Total SF. Welcome to our San Francisco Fog episode with our new friend, Chronicle meteorologist, Jerry Diaz. I'm so glad we finally got to meet him. I thought it was a little weird when we hired a meteorologist for a newspaper, because usually you associate them with a local TV station's But the weather team has been awesome. Their stories are so interesting. Readers are loving it. And I've especially loved connecting with Jerry on Twitter. He just seems like such a fun person. And um, he loves our podcast, so he clearly has great taste. But now he's finally moved to the city from L.A., and we got to meet him for the first time today. Yeah, I mean, really three things going on with this podcast. We get to meet Jerry, which we hadn't met him before. We get to learn about San Francisco fog and weather patterns. You're going to walk away from listening to this episode with so much meteorology knowledge. And also, Jerry's new to San Francisco, and I feel like so many people who listen to our podcast want to explore San Francisco as natives or people who have been here or are brand new here and just want to know about San Francisco. And he brought just such a great energy to this episode today. He even showed up wearing a bracelet his partner gave him that has a piece of the Golden Gate Bridge on it. So he's so San Francisco. Yeah, I really like people who come here and are excited about it and are just kind of like a sponge and want to learn about it. And on this episode, and even after the episode, we were just talking about all of our favorite San Francisco things. Kind of makes me love San Francisco a little bit more when I'm in contact with people like that. Yeah, a lot of newcomers look at the city with um, just bright eyes and so much excitement, and it can rub off on people like us who've been here a long time. After we recorded, we took him to the Tempest, introduced him to our favorite nearby lunch spot. And um, key information, he asked about the drag scene in San Francisco, and I told him all about the Oasis. So Darcy Drollinger, I just got you a new customer. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, the Golden Girls Live. We've got that coming up, and excited about this episode. Um, Excited to meet a new friend, excited to learn about fog. And one more thing, we got a weather-related call on the Total SF Party Line. Perfect timing for our fog episode. If you have a question, a comment, anything you want to tell us, give us a call at 415-777-7413. If we use your question or comment on the air, you may get a free Total SF t-shirt. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight. You've heard of Carl the Fog. We have a new name in this episode. For San Francisco's wind, listen for that, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome to Total SF, and welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle, Jerry Diaz. Thank you for having me, everyone. So you just got to San Francisco. What do you think so far? Gosh, I got to say, what I've loved so far is just having that beautiful view of the city. I mean, just coming into town, it's like, yep, here we are. You know, <laughs> It's funny, I was in L.A. for a little while, and I used to refer to SF as the city, even when I was down there, because there really is Smart something man. about yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> There really is something about San Francisco, you know, just its layout. It's, it's something you don't really find anywhere else in the world, so I'm just really glad to be here now. <laughs> That's awesome. Had you visited much before? Yeah, so up until uh, about a couple years ago, um, I was actually based out in Monterey, so for the weather service, and so while I was out there, we try to come up to San Francisco every now and again. And so I felt like every single time we were up here, I tried to make the most of it, you know, head up to Golden Gate Park or maybe make our way up to Twin Peaks, you know, that sort of thing. 
Uh, and this past year, I tried to make it more of an effort, especially you know, after starting at the Chronicle. I thought, well, hey, I've got to make a few visits up that way, you know, get more of a feel for the city. It really wasn't until around, I want to say around August, September, that it really started to sink. And it's like, oh, no, I'm actually moving up there. So I'll actually be able to explore more of this city and like really get a feel for you know some of the microclimates. Because as a weather person, that's my thing. It's like, yeah. let's go explore all the microclimates in the area. And now we're going to have a great chance of being able to do that. Yeah. So. Well, um, I just we just met you like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want it noted that I guided you from the third floor newsroom to the basement archive without getting lost, which Thanks. is hit yes. and miss. I'm like 50-50 on that. Um, so what are your first impressions of the Chronicle newsroom? You know, one thing that I found so interesting about this newsroom is it almost kind of feels like uh, my partner's last jobs environment, a very kind of like... Uh, you know, kind of like, like what I would describe as a, the, you know, like a tech building where you walk in and you've got kind of this open space environment. Uh, that's pretty much what it felt like as I walked in. I was like, oh, am I working like for like, a, I don't know, like Apple or Google or something, right? Like what's going on here? It's a very- It didn't like, used to look like right? that before the pandemic. There's a lot more fake plants now. Oh, well, you know, we, lo- we love fake plants. They create an aesthetic. Yeah, it, it's very easy to get lost here. It's a labyrinth-like newsroom, not just because there's a lot of hallways, but because they're constantly building walls in the middle of them and you have to figure out a new way out. So is the goal of the Chronicle to create this maze just across We're the just entire building? We're just rats in a maze. <laughs> I did get Supervisor Myrna Melgar lost um, when she recorded about Carnival several months Uh-oh. ago. And we had to call Peter and be like, we don't know Oh no, <laughs> help. <laughs> so what neighborhood did you move into? So I'm living in Soma. Oh, not far. Yeah, nice. yeah, not too far from here. Yeah, I know it's been it's been great. Um, I'm really curious just to get more of a feel for a weather person, for a feel of the microclimate in that area because it is a little different from the rest of the city. You know, you've got a bit more of influence from the sea breeze. We could go into full on <laughs> conversation about that, but yeah, no, I'm really stoked about the area. Cool. Do you, do you have a weather origin story? I mean, what's kind of like your earliest weather memory? Was was there some moment where you became meteorologist Jerry Diaz? Where I became meteorologist Jerry Diaz? Um, you know, it's funny. I think it's a culmination of things that happened. One summer, I was, a, I think I was like nine or ten years old. Uh, and at this point, I was still living in the Midwest. That's where I grew up. And there were a series of very strong thunderstorms that moved over uh, my hometown at the time. Uh, so this was out in Illinois. And so out there you get these very, you know, just huge, colossal, billowing thunderstorms that just tower over the landscape. And I just remember as a kid seeing those things and thinking to myself, wow, there's a lot happening over there. I want to understand it. And this is right around the time where I feel like a lot of us kind of go through what I would call kind of like our science geek out phase. So I was interested in thunderstorms. I was interested in volcanoes, geology, you know, all of these different layers. And I think meteorology just really stuck with me that one uh, summer, you know, after seeing all these storms just billowing out every day. So for me, it was really uh, a summer of thunderstorms, how to describe it. <laughs> I think as a kid, most kids are like, I want to be a baseball player. I want to be an astronaut or a veterinarian. Were you like in there in like third or fourth grade? Like, I want to be working for the National Weather Service. So I'll tell you what happened. So this was right around, uh, it was in, I want to say it's close to around middle school. There was a little science fair that we had going on. And I decided to conduct 
a very unscientific survey into the most accurate weather forecasters on TV. Oh. So I literally every single day for two weeks would take the high and low temperatures uh, that I'd, I'd see on the Weather Channel, uh, some of our local news affiliates in the area, and I'd compare them to what the actual temperature was for our weather station in Chicago. And so this was what I did for two weeks in a row just to get an idea of the accuracy of the forecast. And I didn't end up winning first place in that science fair. I actually got second. But uh, I did get a lot of feedback saying, wow, this was a lot of detail <laughs> you put into <laughs> as a 12-year-old. That's how old I was. Yeah, I was a 12-year-old. I, I want to know what kid got first place over I know. that. I mean, I did someone like split a molecule or create like a fusion <laughs> engine? <laughs> Gosh, for all I know, it was probably the kid who made like the perfect volcano experiments or whatever at the uh, time. All kids make volcanoes. Yeah, enough yep. with the I volcanoes. Think yours was more oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I think you should have won. Yeah, enough with the volcanoes. <laughs> I, I, yours is original. Scene I give one, you first place oh, retroactively. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, several years later, you know, finally found some closure there. <laughs> so, I associate meteorologists with TV. I, I didn't know that there were meteorologists in newsrooms. Maybe there are. But um, I'm wondering, what did you think when you heard there was a job open here? Was that an unusual thing? Were you surprised? So my understanding is that this is the first newsroom meteorology position. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just in the Chronicle, probably in, I would say, on the West Coast, at the very least. Um, high five. Yeah. High five. Hey. Heather and I high five. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I heard about it, my, well, my first reaction was, what? <laughs> uh, a newsroom meteorologist. And it's so interesting because up until that point, uh, I'd been doing a lot of the public face uh, forecasts at the Weather Service. So I had some exposure with talking to journalists about the weather, but I didn't know that there was an opportunity where I could actually be in the newsroom itself, you know, have that direct exposure. So the second that I found out that this opportunity existed, I was like, tell me more. I'm so curious about what this all entails. And so it's been this interesting journey of just seeing how we can incorporate the meteorologist into this newsroom environment. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, we're kind of pioneering it in a lot of ways right now. It seems like the San Francisco Bay Area would be an incredible buffet for a meteorologist. Um, What makes the Bay Area different than other weather cities? One thing that stands out right from the get-go is the diversity of microclimates, even just the concept of microclimates. Uh, I grew up in Chicago where the weather was pretty much consistent when you go from one side of the city to the other. You know, a few deviations here and there. But that's very different from a place like San Francisco where you can walk one block and it could literally be the difference between, you know, a 60 degree day that's sunny outside and it's now suddenly it's 55 and foggy. And even that speaks so many volumes to the unique diversity of the city's topography. So you're just walking up one hill to the other. We're not just talking about you know differences in weather. We're also talking about differences in some of the local uh, geography that and how that plays a role with the weather. It's not something you find in in many cities really. Even within California, you know, I lived in LA for a little while, and sure there was some diversity in the microclimates there. You know, go you go from Santa Monica to LA, uh, downtown LA, different temperatures. But here, like I said, it's it's such a it's such a micro niche environment. Uh, It makes for a very fun and very challenging forecast. (laughs) So I've loved your writing so far. It's detailed, also accessible. Um, This is going to be our fog episode. That's what we're calling it. Um, Tell me like I'm eight years old. What is fog and how does it happen? (laughs) What is fog and how does it happen? The best way to describe it is 
we oftentimes think of clouds and, you know, I think that's a better question. What is a cloud, really? And I know that could get very philosophical very quickly, but the general picture is you have water that's evaporated. So it's moved from, say, uh, let's say there was water on the on the surface of the, you know, maybe pavement or something. It rises, then eventually condenses and cools. And as it does so, it turns into this vapor. And that vapor essentially is the start of your cloud. Now, if you have evaporation happening over a large area, say there's an entire bay, let's go with San Francisco Bay. Suddenly the whole bay is evaporating, right? You have this condensation that forms right above it, and this cloud begins to form right over the bay. Fog is a little different though. It's the same effects, but instead of happening thousands of feet up in the air, it happens right along the surface of the ground. And that's a little different from uh, a cloud because here the condensation is happening at such a lower level that it starts to engulf your uh, surroundings, you know, all the, you know, Noe Valley, uh, the inner sunset, you know, suddenly you have all of these clouds that are forming, but they're forming at a very low level. And what's keeping them so low is you have all this Pacific air moving in, but then you also have these high pressures that hover over California. So it's almost like you're squeezing these clouds and you're forcing them to stay right under uh, this layer. So clouds that should normally be thousands of feet up in the air, they're hanging out over San Francisco. Now, I, I lived in San Luis Obispo, and there was mm -hmm. some fog, you know, yeah. and I, I've gone through Bakersfield. Yeah. What, what is it about San Francisco and just mm -hmm. the physical geography that mm -hmm. makes us such a perfect place for fog? So we are surrounded on three sides by water. You've got the Pacific Ocean, you've got the Golden Gate, and then you've got San Francisco Bay. This means that at any point in time, you could have clouds rolling in from the Pacific, but you can also have clouds rolling in from the San Francisco Bay, and you can also have clouds forming within the valleys, but then they get trapped because they're surrounded on all corners. So in a way, it's almost like the city is set up both meteorologically and geographically for fog to form at various directions. And once it forms, it really has nowhere to go. It just hangs out until it fizzles out. Is there a reason why fog moves so slowly and looks so lifelike? It can almost look like human fingers <laughs> creeping over the hills, um, even when the rest of the city is sunny. I like the description of, of it almost being like human fingers. I would almost argue it's almost like tentacles in a way, because yeah. it really does just kind of permeate through every single corner. A fogtopus. A fogtopus. <laughs> <laughs> we have this giant fogtopus forming right <laughs> over Sutra Tower. Uh, Actually, the other day I saw this cloud form right over Sutra Tower. It looked like a hat almost. I thought that was I saw phenomenal. your photo on Twitter. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the way the best way to describe it is uh, once you have this cloud that forms over one part of the city, because there's so many, uh, so many different elevations within San Francisco, it's almost like you have to think about it like uh, it's water vapor that's spilling into the city. So let's say uh, you you know drop a cup of water or something. It spills all over the surface. If it's a flat surface, it'll just spread in all directions. But in San Francisco, you might have a few uh, valleys or a few basins here and there, you know, mountains that might force that cloud to move, you know, a lot more mm -hmm. quickly down the mission, for instance. So it's almost like a combination of you have this cloud, you spill the cloud over the city, and it's just going to go into all these different, uh, you know, arteries that go stretch mm -hmm. all over San Francisco. You're so good at explaining this. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so will climate change take away our fog or how will that affect San Francisco? Oh, you know, it's been the bearer of bad news when it comes to uh, some of the weather and climate questions. And unfortunately, when it comes to climate, that is going to be one of the biggest challenges that we're going to be facing, uh, not just in San Francisco, but in uh, Northern California in general. So the best way to describe it is uh, the, the direction that we're going uh, with climate uh, in respect to the fog could go in one of two ways. 
So the first scenario, I would argue, is the bleak scenario. This is the one where uh, we basically become a Southern California equivalent. Oh, that's very bleak. <laughs> so unfortunately, what I mean by that is any fog that does form would be very limited in its reach. So think of L.A. where the fog usually will only like make it out to Santa Monica, and then the rest of the city just stays you know, blazing hot through the rest of the summer. Unfortunately, if we continue with the current climate trends, uh, that means that the fog will become less capable of streaming in from the Pacific. So it'll get stuck in the outer sunset, maybe outer Mich, uh, or sorry, outer sunset and outer Richmond, but it really won't be able to make it past Sutro. So in a lot of ways, it won't be able to, you know, kind of breach Sutro Tower, uh, Mount Sutro, and then make its way east. So that would be one scenario. The other scenario is that the fog actually becomes more amplified uh, in the city, but that's at the expense of the rest of California, because there's a unique scenario here where the warmer that the rest of the state gets, the more shallow that marine cloud bank becomes. So now fog that would normally spill all the way into the Delta, spill into the Sacramento Valley, uh, now it's stuck in San Francisco. So we get cloudier, you know, colder weather over the summer, but the rest of the state deals with hotter and more extreme heat waves. So that creates another question into what that could entail for, say, uh, the future of cities in the Central Valley and mm-hmm. what that would mean for us here on the coast, like how we would handle that, those kind of extremes. So again, two very different scenarios, and it's just a matter of uh, you know, hoping that we can mitigate some of those damages. Do you have a feeling about which is more likely of those two? I, I currently have, uh, I have a hopeful scenario and then a not-so-hopeful one. Uh, so my hope is that with uh, the reduction of emissions here in the next couple decades, we'll be able to mitigate the effects so that we don't completely lose our fog. Because the worst case scenario would be that the fog just would never come back. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we're able to, you know, at least in our current trend, you know, limit some of those, uh, the worst effects. But I guess time really will tell. (laughs) Both, let's be clear, horrible scenarios. (laughs) But I'm like a number two better just because I feel like we're hiding out from everybody else. I don't don't want to be L.A. I lived in L.A. for four years. (laughs) I never unpacked my boxes. Yeah. Yep. So um, I'll take permanent fog. We'll be right back after this short break. I have a couple other weather-related questions for you. Why is it so cold right now? <laughs> Nobody in San Francisco can handle this. We're all a bunch of weather wimps. I was actually a little worried when I first moved here. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, is it going to be this cold like all the time? Because, I mean, this is still cold even for like San Francisco standards. Uh, I dug into some of the climatology. We are running well below average for this time of the year. And so what's happening right now is we're actually dealing with a very unusual cold wave. So we have this very cold high pressure system over us and that's been dumping uh, cold air all over the Bay Area and in particular into San Francisco. But we're somewhat in a unique spot because we're also being shielded by some of that sea breeze, some of that slightly warmer air off the Pacific. So it's almost like a battle of these two air masses right now. So the question is, will this persist through the rest of December? And right now the weather models are kind of hinting that we might just get out of this cold snap here in the next uh, couple of weeks, but we might have to deal with at least some cold nights here, unfortunately, for the so next. So a cold Christmas. A cold Christmas is not completely out of the picture. But it's, it's also <laughs> highly possible that by the time people are listening to this, they're like, like in their shorts. Degrees. It's 85 <laughs> degrees. I came in today on my bike, 
And I was so bundled up because I bike from Alameda and then take yeah. the ferry over that I, my mobility was affected. I was like yeah. that little brother in a Christmas story <laughs> where like my arms, like I had to really work to get them yeah. to move. So um, I'm hoping it <laughs> warms up a little bit. And then I'm asking you this on behalf of our colleague, Trisha Thadani, who is always complaining about the wind. <laughs> Why is it so windy in San Francisco? Why is it so windy in San Francisco? I, I you know, it's, it's funny, I, it's not the first time I get that question. I think one thing that San Francisco uh, gets really in- an interesting amount of is these very like direct winds from the Pacific Ocean. But there's a unique feature here. So you get the strong Pacific winds roll in to the west side of the city. But then once they make it here, they also come into contact with the Bay Breeze off San Francisco Bay. So suddenly you get this mesh right over downtown. So you got these downwinds off of Mount Sutro going down uh, in a mission. And then you got these winds right off North Beach coming into downtown. And once they cycle through downtown, you create almost like a wind tunnel effect. So it gets that much windier uh, over downtown, Soma, the Tenderloin. And some of that begins to spread outward. So it's kind of, it's almost like uh, the tentacles we were talking about earlier, except now instead of it being clouds, it's winds. You know, these winds that kind of spread out in all directions. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking all these oh, pictures. No, I you're love fine. how you do that when you're talking about weather. Oh, yeah, again. kind of in all directions. <laughs> <laughs> I love how when you're talking about anything else, you just sit with your hands in your lap. But then as soon oh. as you start talking about weather, it's like very dramatic arm movements. <laughs> It's all about capturing that that weather aura. (laughs) Well, you've survived our serious questions, and now it's time for the weather-focused lightning round. Ooh. What is your favorite weather pattern? Ooh, favorite weather pattern. Um, I'm going to go with, there's a term for it. It's called the coastal jet. Whoa. Yep. Nice. Coastal jet. Uh, if you guys have ever been down Highway 1, you know, kind of between Pacifica and Half Moon Bay, every now and again, you'll get this feature where you'll get a rush of wind that moves right along the highway. And when that happens, you might even see a very, uh, almost like a line of fog kind of make its way onto the coast. But it's a very thin line. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, you can literally drive uh, from the fog, you know, just maybe like a whole stretch of like a mile of just like deep fog. And then you're right back in the sunny skies on the other side. So it's very narrow. It's called the cold jet. It's a cold jet, and it's just—it's one of my favorite things to see on the coast. Oh, um, cool. That'd yeah. be—that'd be a great name for a weather band. <laughs> the, coastal the coastal jet. jets. Yeah. Also, the cumulonimbus. That'd be a good. The name cumulonimbus. Too. <laughs> good, good band name if you ever start one. Yep. Some people call the fog Carl, but others call it Carla. Should San Francisco's fog have a name, and if so, what should it be? Ooh, okay. Carla or Carl. I like this. It's funny. I personally love both names. Um, I think there should absolutely be a name for the fog. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such an important presence for us. It, it, it really does have a character in of its own. When we were describing the fog earlier, I think, uh, yeah, there's a, sure, there's a scientific way to describe it and the geographical way, but sometimes it does seem to have a bit of a mind of its own. So... I like the idea of it having a name. Whether or not it should be Carla or Carl, I think we should open that up maybe for discussion. Oh, cool. uh, <laughs> um, should any other San Francisco weather patterns have names? And should we just brainstorm right now? Oh, I do like the idea of brainstorming some names for them. <laughs> I think the wind should. You know, it's funny. I think wind would be great, um, especially like 
I don't know, maybe one that starts with like a W. I don't know, like Wendy. Wen- Wendy. <laughs> Wendy the Wind. Yeah, Wendy but I, don't, the Wind. I don't really like Wendy the Wind's cute. I don't want a cute name. I want a name that I That's can kind of not like. Yeah. Oh, like Chad the Wind or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't there's know. definitely like a. I'm picturing something in my head right now, and it's I don't like it. It's like a very like you know just an angry wind just like you know storming into town. It's like all right, well you know we're gonna have a rough afternoon. I guess <laughs> Chad's here. Chad's Donald. back. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Are you learning how to dress for San Francisco? And if so, how many fleeces do you own? <laughs> Gosh, it's funny. So I need to update my wardrobe. I really do. Uh, it, it's still very like SoCal based. So uh, even today, just you know, making my way over to the Chronicle, I had my little sweater on, but I, I don't think it's enough. I mean, I was freezing. <laughs> so yeah, I think I might have to <laughs> might have to invest in some fleece very soon. Okay. Or at the very least, some flannels. Um, I'm sure my partner would probably give me plenty of tips on that. <laughs> And as a new Bay Area resident and Chronicle reporter, do you have any questions for us? Hmm, I like that. Like yeah. how to get out of here? Because, <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking that earlier. I was like, oh, this seems like a bit of a maze uh, down here. Um, a question? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. So I think I, I alluded to this a little earlier on Twitter, uh, but I honestly, I've been listening to Total SF to get a feel for the general vibes of the city because it's just such a and new... And you moved here anyway? And it... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And honestly, it's just, it's, I love, uh, what I love about it is I get to, I feel like it's almost like a conversation about like what it means to like live here, what what's out there. So I'm curious for you guys, um, you know, like what made you want to, you know, start a podcast where you have these discussions and where do you see it kind of going, especially in this conversation? I'm curious about it from my perspective of like, um, what you're interested in uh, exploring for the city's maybe geography or microclimates, sure, but I'm also curious about anything outside of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, from a cultural perspective as well. Yeah, well, I, first of all, we, we kind of met over riding muni buses yeah. and we didn't know each other that well, but I think one thing that we shared was we both felt that there are a lot of challenges in the city. Heather writes about them as much as anybody, but we also think there's a lot of great things going on. And, and when you're, meeting the challenges, you got to also ask yourself, why is it worth fighting for? Why is it worth the effort? So that's a lot of what we're doing is just like, hey, you know, here are things that you can go out and see and enjoy and appreciate um, because it's a high maintenance place. To live. <laughs> it's expensive. There's yeah. a lot of problems, but we want to remind people why. Yeah. why we still love it. And also, personally, I love the counterbalance because I write a lot of really sad columns and you know really hard ones and it's nice to have this built into my week to remember the good stuff yeah and we really like um just over the years meeting people and experiencing new things going up to the top of transamerica pyramid super fun but it's also really cool to go out and know that when a muni bus passes by or a cable car we know some of the operators we've met a lot of poets and drag queens and just like have this sort of rolling group of friends and we also, I'm one reason I'm really excited you're here is because we think like a big, big uh, group that we're aiming for are people who are new to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we want people who come here to fall in love with it too. And we want to point them in the direction that's going to make them appreciate this place. And then kind of a byproduct of that is then maybe they start fighting for it too and feel invested and invest in the city themselves. We both get really sick of a very common attitude here, which is, San Francisco was perfect the day I arrived and oh it should never change <laughs> and nobody else should ever move here. 
and natives are the best, and everyone else is an interloper. Um, we hate that stuff. So we're really happy you and anyone else comes to San Francisco, Yay. and we <laughs> think we should welcome everybody yeah, with open arms. Yeah. We, we appreciate people who have history here. You know, my grandparents immigrated here. I, I have that story too, but I also feel like people who come here with fresh eyes are some of the best people to talk to. Um, because they're going to see things differently and with excitement that maybe we've lost. And then <laughs> through that, you sort of gain it back again. So we really like that part of the podcast, too. And you're kind of a surrogate today because nope. we want to like welcome everybody who listens to our podcast, but we can't go out and do it personally. We want to give them gifts. Um, but we got you a gift. It's, oh. it's a welcome to San Francisco gift. There's oh a few gosh. things in here. Wow. Welcome to San Francisco. Oh. Okay. Um, you oh. can just, there's a Thank note you. there and then uh, a few gifts that you can... Uh, oh. oh, let's uh, get we'll, that. We'll, we'll explain what everything is as sure. you're pulling it out. Oh, my gosh. So that's a photo wow. from Gary Fong. It's actually from our Chronicle photo store. <laughs> if anybody listening to this wants to... Um, buy a photo we sell photos in our chronicle photo store now and we have a total sf section which is just kind of like if you know you know type photos i mean Mm. that's a golden gate bridge one that's a classic shot by gary uh gary fong wow uh photographers here for a long time but um Anyway, I just thought you might need nice. a picture of San Francisco. Put it on your desk I, next, to, next to the fake plants. They are next bringing to all home. the fake plants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this. Wow. And then you got a book in there. Oh, look at this. We've got what's over here. That is Cool oh. Gray City of Love oh. by Gary Camilla. We love Gary Camilla. <gasps> yeah, we love him. He's a, a great writer. I think that's the best book that's mm. been written about San Francisco. And he's a historian and goes through the city's history, but he's also. Mm just so conversational and as a journalist i think you'll appreciate it and a previous it. guest on this podcast <laughs> yes oh there you go <laughs> yeah so huh. i think Ooh. i have a couple hand warmers in there for you <laughs> a oh. chronicle pen a chronicle pen oh hand warmers you say oh there they are <laughs> I wow look at the hand warmers of all things i love that <laughs> yeah you're gonna need more but that'll get you through today <laughs> Well, that's all we, you know what? That's all we can ask for. No, I love this. Wow, this is great. Um, It's funny, uh, on my way over here, yeah, that that was the first thing on my mind. I was like, my hands are freezing. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and then there's a map in there, too, that's our um, 49-mile scenic route. We we redid the scenic drive as something that you can walk and bike and has a lot of small businesses. And there's a little Chronicle pin in there for you, too. Wow, so you're good so to go. They, you, wow. You, you I, have your, you're an official San Francisco I, now. I feel like this is like my San Francisco goodie bag. Almost. <laughs> it is. No way. It is. I think oh. everybody who moves here when they like walk oh. across the city limits should be handed this goodie <laughs> bag. But um, we're, we're, we've got it for you today. Oh, thank you so much. That is so sweet of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> So excited you're here. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy it. I really enjoy reading your stories and can't wait to to see how the beat develops and see what else you've got coming up. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, now that I'm actually here, I'll hopefully be able to hone in on more of the microclimates. That's really what I'm excited. We'd love for you to come back next time there's an interesting weather phenomenon. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, anytime there's anything, you know, rolling in, if Chad the Wind decides <laughs> to make his way <laughs> into San Francisco. <laughs> so, uh, new Total SF weather correspondent, yes. Jerry Diaz, thank you for coming on the podcast. All right, thank you so much. And everybody, please stick around. We have a phone call coming in on our Total SF party line. Heather, tell them about the party line. 
it's Peter's old work line, which nobody ever calls anymore, <laughs> so we turned it into our Total SF party line. What's the number, Peter? The number is 415-777-7413. Call, ask a question, make a comment. It might appear on Total SF. And uh, if we use your question, you might get a Total SF t-shirt too. And we finally are catching up with our t-shirts. So if you called in the past couple of months and you're like, where is my t-shirt? It's coming. Yeah, definitely. And here is our call. Hey, Peter and Heather, if you're listening in, it's Tony Zoster. I'm listening to finally your Juanita Moore episode, which is totally fabulous and had to call your party line. Um, so I recently read this incredible article by a writer, John Branch, I think, from the New York Times about San Francisco's fog. And he talked to the man who runs the foghorns. I think you need to talk to the man who runs the foghorns. So read John Branch's article. Read all about the man who sits up there and gets the foghorns going. We need to hear him on your Total SF. Uh, podcast. Love you guys. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. What a great idea. I that's love a, this that's idea. great idea. We are making it happen in 2023. That needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Foghorn <laughs> Operator. I think that would be the perfect Total SF guest perfect. for 2023, especially if we have a little bit of fog. Yeah. <laughs> so we may need your meteorology skills we to get the timing. Yeah. So we I sound really smart to. when we're interviewing the foghorn guy. Oh my gosh, yes. We could have, we could have him, uh, we could ask him all the deep questions, you know, about <laughs> the fog and how it rolls in. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd have some really great insight on it too. We can yeah. tell him we've named the wind Chad. <laughs> I'd love to hear the reaction to, you know, just knowing that, oh yeah, Chad the wind is coming. <laughs> and I'd love for him to just be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, please, anybody who has any questions, uh, 415-777-7413 is the Total SF Party Line. We love getting these suggestions. They've, we've had several episodes that have come from our listeners. Yeah, they're really good. So uh, thank you very much, Joni, and thanks again, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a Digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.